0: so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.
1: Uh, well, I see some lovely uh, Christmas presents. Did you notice this as, uh, as they left then? It's good to see Christmas presents being used. Uh, I hope you got some nice Christmas presents uh, and you're getting some use out of them. Uh, We know that's not always the case, though, is it? Sometimes someone gives you something, and it's lovely, and the sentiment is wonderful, but you know you're just not going to use it. Well, if that is you this Christmas, well, you are not alone. Surveys show that 62% of us have received a gift this year that we will not use, The cost of that, they predict, in just one year is £1.2 billion of unused gifts. Clothes are the worst offenders. That lovely jumper your granny knitted you. Cosmetics follow closely behind. And then novelty items. That giant inflatable pineapple was funny when you opened it on Christmas Day. But you're, not, you're just not going to use it, are you? But if you were with us last week, I brought to you, we talked about it with the children there, our motto verse for the year, Philippians 2.2. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and of one mind. And I shared last week how God had put unity on our hearts for this year, unity, a call to togetherness, a corporate spirit, united in purpose, in mission, to share that mind together, aligning our hearts to love the same things in our motives and our priorities and our desires, working things through together for a common goal to glorify Jesus Christ, together looking beyond ourselves and looking To him. And I finished last week under the title Unity is the End Game. We thought how unity is the final destination. It is where we are heading. That God is bringing together all things in Jesus Christ. And in heaven we will be united with people from every tribe, and tongue, and nation, and people group praising God together. With one voice. That's where we are going, and I said we can share and know some of that now, and pray we will in our unity. Unity is the end game. Well, I've called today's sermon Unity is Not the End Game. And now you say, well, hold on, James, what are you doing? You confuse us sometimes when you're not trying to, and now you're just being awkward, don't you? (laughs) Well, I'm not trying to be awkward, and I'm not backtracking. Unity is still where we are heading, the end game. But today, I want to focus on the here and now, and the purpose of unity. And that's why I started today's talk, As I Did. I want to say again that at Elders, we don't believe God has given us this word of unity here at Bee Church because we don't have unity. No, quite the opposite. As we said last week, we want to give thanks for the togetherness we have known over these last few years. We don't take it for granted. We want to give God the glory for this wonderful gift he has given us but what none of us want, I'm sure, is to treat this gift as an unused gift. God has given us this gift of unity to use for his glory. So what I mean here is that unity is the final point, is our final destination. But for the here and now, it's not. We don't want togetherness so that we can turn into a social club where we all come together and get comfortable and hang out. And that's all it is. No, we believe God has given us this unity as a springboard to push on from, to do his will. So that's what I want us to think about this morning We thought about it a little in uh, our prayer times this week. What does unity practically look like among us? And where does that launch us into in this coming year? I've got five things I want us to think about this morning, so we'll crack straight in. And the first is this. Unity is for worship. Unity is for worship. These words from Romans 15. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says be united, be together so that you have one voice. And what does this one voice do? It glorifies God. Unity is for worship. We don't have this gift to come together and pat, pat ourselves on the back every Sunday. No, we come together and worship. And yes, we worship individually. The whole of our lives should be an act of worship. But there is something special, there is something special beautiful in corporate worship. When a group of people, as we remembered with the children from all different backgrounds and daily experiences come together and w- in one accord and say, well, we are here because of Jesus Christ and he alone is worthy. He has saved me, but he has also saved us and we rejoice in that together and praise Him. That is why we put such an importance on our gatherings together. Not for our numbers to look good, but the Bible teaches that it is good for us to come together, that we shouldn't stop meeting. Not just on Sundays, but every opportunity, small groups, life groups, together in all sorts of ways. The early church were told in the book of Acts that they attended the temple daily together. And for that early church, it wasn't empty ritualism anymore. Now I have to go to temple again today. No, they did it together, and they were united in doing it, and they went and they worshiped together. There is power when God's people meet and worship together. It was when they were together that the Holy Spirit came in power amongst, us, amongst them and they saw and experienced the very presence of God together. You see, the gift of unity is given so that we can be a family of worshipers. Together, praising God for who he is and what he is, has done. And I pray as we press into unity this year, we will be a body who worship. We will be known as a people who are united, but united in their love for Jesus Christ. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, the psalmist says. Let us exalt his name together. Unity is for worship Secondly, unity is for growth. I want to read a slightly longer passage to us, but one we are familiar with. But let's not get over familiar with these words. Let's hear them afresh this morning. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service, We thought about this passage before, another passage in the Bible which talk about this body imagery. The church is a body working together with Christ as its head. And the picture of unity in that picture of the body is that all the bits work together. Not one bit is it elevated above others. No one despising their part in the body, wishing they were something else. And it is a wonderful picture of unity. But look afresh at the purpose of this unity. Verse 12 of that passage, the gifts and roles are given. Why? For building up the body. Verse 13 tells us until we all attain f- unity of the faith. So we all become spiritually mature in Jesus Christ. Verse 15, we are to grow up together in every way into him, working together so ho- the whole body grows in love. Isn't that wonderful? The purpose of unity, the gift of unity, is for us all to grow in Jesus Christ together. Now, don't misunderstand. We're all on journeys of faith, we're all at different points on these journeys. So, it's not saying we all have to be the same. We act the same, do the same, but the goal is the same for everybody, to grow, to grow together, and unity is given for us to press into this, so we don't have those who sit back and say, no, I'll leave the growing for the keenies over there, I'm happy where I'm at. And on the flip side, we don't have those who say, well, I'm here to get all the input I can so that I can grow, but I'm not worried about what happens to them over there. No, we grow together. And that's the prayer this year. That as we are united, we continue to grow together. That we all are receivers of the word, but also givers of the word that doesn't mean we all stand up here and preach but it does mean we speak truth into one another's lives it means we study and we grow together you see true unity means that there is trust and love and friendship amongst us so we can speak into each other's lives Words of encouragement, words of support. But also at appropriate times, words of challenge. And that's a lot harder, isn't it? But if we are united, even though it's hard to say those things and hard to hear those things, we'll be able to look beyond ourselves and see that we're doing it to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can grow in him together. Unity is for growth together and that leads me into the third point unity is for worship unity is for growth and unity is for sharing life the axe church shared life together there was this bond of love they worshiped together but they broke bread together they ate together this wasn't an hour on a sunday and then i'll see you next week Kind of relationship No, they were family. We're told that all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. They seem to be living out First Corinthians 12:26, that if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. They couldn't stand the thought of a family member over there going through hardships and struggle. So they shared. And that's in life. And we know this is unity. When one in the family celebrates, then we all celebrate. We're not in competition against each other. We all celebrate. And if one faces hardship, well, we feel that and we're in that together you see unity needs this supernatural love we were talking about last week but it also enables it if, you are, if we are united we have these strong bonds that mean we can love the family so much of scripture points us in this direction Peter says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Pray that we know the unity this year that will make us delight in sharing life together. There's two more. Worship, uh, Unity is for worship, growth, sharing life, and it is for prayer. People who are united together, pray together. We read it again in Acts 14. Did I put it up there? No, I didn't. Acts one fourteen. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. Together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. There's that one accord again, that one-mindedness. Those with this one mind are able to come together and pray, and they will come together. It says they devoted themselves to prayer. The NIV says that they all joined together constantly in prayer. And the women were there. It's a strange thing to spell out, really, isn't it? They all came together and the women were there. Why does the writer need to do that? Well, I think in a patriarchal society and culture, back then it wouldn't be assumed that the women would have been there. But the writer wants us to see when he says they were together, they were all together. The church were together, the apostles were there, so was everyone else, the men, the women. They were all together and they were praying. And being united means they just weren't physically together praying, they were in one mind with their prayers. Well, what were they praying? Well, Jesus had made them a promise, a promised helper that was to come. And they were together earnestly praying in faith for Jesus' words to be fulfilled. You see, unity means we can pray as one. And we will pray as one. Can I say it's been a privilege to pray with you this week? I have come away from every prayer session this week without fail, full of love for the Lord, and full of love for the family here. But I admit, I can be so quick to forget that. Let's not be those who are forgetful. We are united. So let's press into prayer together this year. One mind, one heart, one body, calling on the promises of God. And last but not least, unity is for worship, growth, sharing life, for prayer, and for mission. Unity is for mission. A united people are able to get on with the task that we've been given. Go into all the world and make disciples is the great commission. It's a job for the church. But far too often, the church in this country throughout history as being concerned with internal issues and infighting rather than being salt and light to a needy world. But unity, togetherness, is what we can push on from to get on with the task. In the previous chapter in Philippians 1, Paul says these words, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whenever I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Contending as one body, one person for the faith of the gospel. We are all in this together. Again, evangelism isn't just for the Keeleys. It is the call for every Christian, striving side by side. It was the New Frontiers family of churches years ago that coined the phrase, together on a mission. And I love that. That's where we are, together on a mission united as family to take the good news of Jesus Christ to this world. And when we are together, we can do so much. We see wonderful biblical examples of this. Nehemiah, a book I'd love for us to study together sometime. But there we see a group of people facing a huge task, get the city walls back up. Everything seems against them. The task is huge. Their enemies are great, but they have two things. God and togetherness. And the walls go up. They take their turns guarding and building, and even those buildings are weaponed up. But they do it. Another account, Old Testament account, is that of Esther. Esther is called to bring about the rescue of God's people. But is this a solo mission? Is this all about Esther? Well, what are the rest of God's people doing as she prepares to go before the king? We are told that they are fasting and praying. I love that because there are times this year we will pray for Nehemiah mission when we are all together, physically involved, going out. But there are other times when one or two go out. And when they do, are they by themselves? No. We are together on a mission. Equipping them, praying for them, rejoicing with them on they return because we are together on a mission. Well, there's so much more I want to say, could say. So much more that came up in groups. And this is our motto verse for the year. So we don't have to get it all done in two weeks. I want this to keep being on our minds. That's our prayer. I want the Lord to keep teaching us through this year what unity is means. I want us to keep praying in to these things. I want us to remind each and always to remind each other that unity is the end game. Unity is where we are heading. Praise God. That at that time when we are together with him, when Jesus Christ returns for all those who have trusted him, when we will be with him, when we are in that place of no more crying, of no more sadness. We will be together with one voice saying, worthy is the king and praise unto the lamb. Praise God, that's where we're going. But thank God for the unity He has given us now. And pray that that is not an unused gift. But together we would be a people who worship. That together we would grow. Together we would love sharing life. Together. With one accord, we will be a prayerful people. And that united, we would make Jesus known. And we do all these things for his glory alone. Amen.